we started talking about this last week, the benefits of connecting to the vine. And we, the first thing we talked about, one of the benefits was being fruitful and how that needs to be a mindset for Christians in America today. Because Christians in America today are mostly consumed with just being good and making it to heaven. And I love how Jesus starts out the scripture saying, hey, you're already clean. I've already cleaned you. I've already made you clean. I've already made you good. You're good because you're with me. So stop focusing on that and be fruitful. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm not saying you can't be good, but understand Jesus makes you good. If your only focus is just to be a good person, you are, way, you are living way under the bar. How many know what I'm talking about? You got to set some higher goals. Well, I just want to be good and I just want to make it to heaven. Listen, that's the easy part. You're going to do that. What your focus should be is on being fruitful. Because if you can be fruitful, that's when the fun starts. When you're fruitful, that's when the power flows. When you're fruitful, that's when your life changes. But if you're just good with, well, Jesus saved me. He forgave me of my sins. And now he's giving me a place at the table in heaven. Listen, you're way, 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 way down here on the, on the level, on the level. Okay, you got to understand there's more to this thing than that. If you're staying at that level, you're probably not going to make it. When people stop at that, they get bored with life. Because, okay, if that's the focus, just be good and make it to heaven, man, your life is going to be boring and you're going to get distracted by the cares and the sin of this world, which happens to so many Christians in America today. You know, most Christians a lot of times are living two lives. They have their church life, and then they have their life away from church. And sometimes they can get very, very different. But what happens when you understand that the purpose for you being saved is that you're supposed to bear fruit? I'll tell you what happens. Your life begins to change because you discover the purpose of life. What is the purpose of life? It's to love God with all your spirit, soul, and body and everything you have, and then to love your neighbor as yourself to love God and to lift others. And you will find when you do for other people, God will do for you. Everything that you do for somebody else, the scripture tells us that he will in turn do what you do for them, he will do for you. That's what life is all about. But we got so many Christians just living weak and at a low level, their life is not working. Things aren't happening for their life. Their life is just as jacked up as people that don't go to church. Their marriages are just as jacked up as people that don't go to church. Their kids are just as jacked up as people that don't go to church. Come on, somebody, smile at me. But listen, it's not supposed to be that way. We're supposed to have an advantage. Come on, how many know we should have an advantage? We have the God of the universe living on the inside of us. But there's one thing that keeps us from living out that advantage, and that is knowledge and understanding. And so that's why I got to preach this stuff to you guys. That's why I got to come and awaken your spirit and tell you, hey, don't follow the American model of Christianity, the Western model, which is just be good and go to church. No, do more than be good. Be fruitful, because in order to be fruitful, Jesus says this. You cannot be fruitful without me. He says, without me, you can't do anything. In order to be fruitful, you are going to have to abide 
with me. And this is where we lose most people. Because most people aren't willing to abide with Christ. Most people want to play like the Israelites. You all remember the Israelites? When they had a choice of God being their leader, they said, nah, we're cool. Give us a king. God's like, wait, wait, wait. Maybe you didn't understand. Maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't hear me. Y'all are my people. I will lead you. But my pillar of smoke during the day and a pillar of fire by night. And here's the people's response. Nah, we cool. We want a king like all the other nations. I know that sounds crazy, but you and I do the same thing. God is saying, I want to speak to you every day. I want to help you live your life. I want to help you choose your boyfriend. I want to help you choose your girlfriend. I want to help you in your business decisions. And we go, nah, I'm cool. I just go to church. I just go to church on Sundays. I just stop doing this and that. I'm cool, God. I don't want you as my leader. I just want to fall into a religious mold. Are you guys seeing the parallel? You got to break out of that because that doesn't produce life. And nothing will ever change in your life until you grasp the concept of becoming one with Jesus. Listen, after 30 years of serving the Lord, man, I'm telling you this from experience. When I was 19, I was so bound with so many things, so much rejection in my life, so many things I had opened up my life to. The only reason God was able to change that person, put him in the grave and resurrect a new person is because I chose to graft myself to the true vine. And it was in finding Christ in the vine that I found myself. And I preached this so strong and so passionate because I know some of y'all's lives. I know what you're going through and been going through. I know what you're dealing with and what you're struggling with. And I'm telling you, it's not you're looking for something out here, out from the outside to come. If I hit the lotto, I'll be good. If I get a man, I'll be good. If I get a woman, I'll be good. If this happens, I'll be good. Oh, when I get my degree, I'll be good. Listen, inside your head and what's going on in your spirit, it ain't never going to be good until you abide in Christ. Oh, Pastor, you're depressing me. No, I ain't trying to depress you. I'm trying to point you to the way. And we know that the way is Jesus Christ. And he tells us, you can't bear fruit by yourself unless you abide in the vine. And so this is also why we have so many fruitless Christians. They go to church, they even serve, but they're not affecting anybody's life. They're not bearing any fruit. They're not even becoming more like Jesus. They're not bearing the fruits of the spirit, love, gentleness, kindness. They're not bearing any of that stuff. Why? Because you can't get there being a churchgoer. You can't get there having just prayed a prayer at an altar and then you go live on the, any way you want to live. The only way you get there is when you abide in the vine. You say, well, pastor, how do I abide in the vine? And Jesus breaks it down in this scripture here. He says, you abide in the vine when you do what I say. That's a drop the mic moment right now. And I drop it, but I, I, we pay for these mics. So, you know, that's a drop the mic moment. That's where God just says, oh, you want to abide in me? You want me to be Lord? Do what I say. If you love me, keep my commands, he said. That's what he said. But see, we live in a day of the, well, I feel, well, I don't agree with that. And I, 
we live in this day where everybody's got an opinion and it don't matter. The only opinion that matters is God's opinion. And so we take his word and we say, yes, God, I'll serve you, but I'll serve you my way. And you could try that, but you'll never be grafted to the vine. Because to be grafted to the vine, it takes obedience, okay? So we talked about a little bit of that last week. The Father is glorified when we bear fruit. When we bear fruit, it proves who we are. Your church attendance doesn't prove who you are. Fruit does. The fruit in your life, what you're producing, okay? And we also uh, understand this, that the place uh, where we're cultivated to bear fruit, it's the church, it's the church. It's where we gather together. Uh, I, I love the story that it's talking about here as God, as Jesus is telling this. He breaks it up into three players into this church. He says, Jesus is the vine. He says, we are the branches. And then he says that the father is the vine dresser. And I see another uh, place in there because anybody that's ever grown grapes uh, for wine or just for fruit or whatever. If you drive by, uh, go down 99, going through Lodi, you'll see all the grapevines there. And every grapevine has something called a trellis. A trellis is a fancy word for a fence. And, and, and this fence allows the vine to grow above the ground. I want you to follow with me now. And so now we see that Jesus is the vine God the Father is the vine dresser. You and I are the branches. But I'd like to tell you today that the church is the trellis. It's the place where the vine resides. It's the place where God the Father comes as the vine dresser and he begins to tend uh, to the vine. And, and Jesus tells us how he does that uh, in, in, in John 15 there. One of the things he says that is every branch that does not bear fruit he takes it away, it says there in the scriptures. But it's interesting when you look at that in the Greek, that take away, it comes from a Greek word called a hero. Everybody say a hero. Say, I need a hero. Yeah, she's singing it over there. All right. Listen, I, we need a hero. What is a hero? Well, in the Greek, it's a taking away. But here's what it means in the Greek. It actually means to lift up. It means to lift up. So what Jesus is saying right here is, is that when something is not, when every branch doesn't bear fruit, the vine dresser comes, the father, and he lifts you up. He lifts you up. He gets you to a place where you can begin to bear fruit. That's the vine dresser's job. I'll put it to you like this. He adjusts your position in life so that you can produce better. That's what the father wants to do. He wants to come to you and, and he doesn't want to condemn you for not bearing fruit. Even though you've been in the church 20 years, even though you've been in the church 10 years, even though you serve on the ushers team, he's not mad at you. He comes as a vine dresser and he notices this branch is not producing. Let me reposition you. And the Bible says that Greek word there is a hero where it means he lifts you up. How many know God is a lifter? But there's a reason. There's a reason God has to come and lift us. And the reason is, anybody that grows grapes will tell you, the vines have a tendency to want to go into the dirt. And so that's why there's a trellis. See, a trellis keeps the vines above ground, and, and, and they give something for the vines to grow on. 
But when the fruit, before the fruit wants to come, the vines are trying to get down into the dirt. What is dirt symbolic of? Well, what are we made out of? Dirt. Dirt is symbolic of flesh. Our branches are always trying to get down into the flesh. Can you see this today? Trying to get down into fleshly cares, fleshly things, all getting into these cares and these things that really don't matter. The thing that's going to keep you from bearing fruit, that's the thing that we all tend to to want to go to. How many know how many know what I'm talking about? I raise my hand in this thing right here. If if God doesn't lift me, if I leave myself to my own desires, to my own wants, to my own cares, I will always grow towards the flesh. But thank God for God the Father. Thank God for the church. He puts me in a place where there's a trellis where every time I can come in here, his word can come in there and it could lift me and keep me from going back to the flesh. Are you tracking with me today? Listen, I want to be the type of church where God's word, when you come in here, it can reposition you and readjust you because that's what the vine dresser does. He comes in to reposition you. He comes in and he says, Mihai, you're not bearing any fruit like this. You got to break up with that guy. You got to change jobs. These fools over here trying to get you to go out every Friday, Saturday night. We need to reposition you and quit hanging out with them. We got to put you over here. Are you tracking with me today? See, some of us don't want to hear that, though. Some of us don't want to hear that. You want to know why? Because we ain't real with this thing. We ain't real with this thing. We're those folks that would rather have a church religion than the God of the the, the living God living on the inside of us, telling us and guiding us and showing us how a great life can be. It says there the father's the wine dresser. He's the vine dresser, I should say. He's the vine dresser. He's there to lift you when you're not bearing fruit. You say, well, how does he lift you? He always comes to lift you through his word. He always comes to lift you through his word. When you're not, when you're going through it, when you're not doing good, you got to run to his word. His word will adjust you. It'll speak to you. It'll tell you, hey, you need to quit doing this. You need to, you need to, you need to, you know, change that aspect of your life. You need to change that attitude. You need to quit hanging out with these people. You need to quit listening to this thing and that thing. And it'll put you on a course to where you can bear fruit. Because we live in a day and age right now where you can't tell a Christian from a non-Christian. Oh, you know it's true. Come on, somebody give me an amen. If you look real close sometimes, you can't tell the difference between you and your coworkers. You can't tell the difference between you and your neighbors. we, We all go in the same direction, doing the same thing, and that should not be. Your life should be better. Your life should be better. And it'll get better if you'll allow the vine dresser to come in there and lift Though and lift your and lift your vine, keep it from going down into into the dirt. Are you are you tracking with me today? See the other thing that the that the vine dresser does, the father that this scripture says here is that he prunes the fruitful branches so they can bear more fruit. So it's not only the branches that don't bear fruit that get attention; it's the fruitful ones. And this is always where we get all jacked up. We start saying things like, I don't understand it, God. I'm doing everything right. I'm paying my tithe. I'm coming to church. I'm serving. And this still, I'm still dealing with this. Listen, quit saying stuff like that. You're just getting pruned. You're just getting some pruning. 
You just got to go through some stuff sometimes to test that strength. Now, I'm not saying God causes that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying God put anything on you. But when we go through stuff, it's just a pruning. It's just a cutting a little bit. You got to stop being so whiny. Tell your neighbor right now, quit whining so much. Listen, if you didn't know, life is a little bit hard. Amen? Amen. How many know, how many found that out, that life, life can be hard? Everybody's life is hard. All right? It ain't just you. Everybody's life is hard. The billionaire's life is hard. The, 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 the cat living under the bridge that you drove by on the way, yes, his life is hard. Everybody's life is hard. But what we got to do is quit whining about it. Quit whining about it. Tell your neighbor again, quit whining, man. Because the Bible also says it rains on the just and the unjust. But the difference is when it rains on me, I produce fruit. That's the difference. We all get in the rain, but see, you just coming out of the rain wet. I'm coming out with flowers. I'm blooming. Hey, I'm looking good. Hey, when I come out the rain, I'm clean. See, that's the difference. It's perspective. But you got to understand when we go through stuff, it's just a pruning. It ain't time for you to get off of your horse and say, well, I tried serving God and he didn't do this for me. So I'm out. It don't work, man. You need to grow up. You acting and sounding like a five-year-old that didn't get their way because you don't, you, you've lost the thing. Understands this. God doesn't get anything for you serving him. You could be replaced. Oh, smile at me, church. I know you felt special because you made it to the house of God today and you thought you was doing God a favor and he was so pleased with you. But let's be honest. God, God could get another me anytime, anytime. He could replace me anytime, the blink of an eye. The privilege is mine to be in the service of the king. If he don't do another thing for me, if he don't do one more thing for me, he's done enough. If he don't ever heal me, which he will, if he don't ever bless me, which he will, but if he didn't, I'm straight. I'm good because it's my honor to be in his presence. It's my honor to be in his service. But you got to have enough of a relationship with God that you understand that when you go through things, it's not God forsaking you. It's simply a pruning and everybody needs a pruning. And here's the here's the crazy thing. This is what he's writing to the to the fruitful people. He already dealt with the people that aren't bearing fruit. He says, we got to lift you. We got to reposition you. So if you're in here today and you're not fruitful, will you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and reposition you? Will you allow him to do that? Will you allow him to speak to you and say, son, daughter, I'm not mad at you. But if you tweak this, if you stop doing this, if you stop hanging here, if you quit doing that, you'll bear more fruit. How many would allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you like that? That's all you need to do. You don't need to leave church today feeling all convicted and all sad and all upset because, oh, pastor, man, I'm just discouraged. You're right. I ain't bearing no fruit. I've been in church 10 years. No, don't leave like that. Simply go, okay, God, help me. Help me hear what I need to hear. Reposition me, vine dresser, so that in a year my life can look different, that I could have some fruit. I could have some people sitting in church from my neighborhood, from my, from my household, from, my, from my, where I work, wherever it is. I could start bearing fruit so I could be a better person. I could have the fruits of the Spirit. Reposition me, Lord, and I guarantee you he'll speak to you every morning. But here's the problem. Some of us don't want to hear his voice because we don't want to do what he said he wants us to do. And that's because sometimes we love our sin more than we love God. 
And, and, and it happens, folks. It happens. It happens. And listen, you just need moments like this morning. You got to get a moment where you feel the spirit of God moving and you know you got to change what you got to change. You got to respond in those times when the spirit is drawing you because he understands it's hard to forsake some things. It's hard to make the necessary changes that you need to make, but he will help you. Can I get an amen on that? So let's keep going here. So the, that's what the, the uh, vine dresser does. He adjusts those that don't bear fruit and he prunes the unfruitful branches so they can bear more fruit. But here's the thing, people that are fruitful, this is a little painful. This is when we go through a little stuff. But don't, res, don't, don't, don't go back to, God, where are you? How come I'm going? I'm doing everything right exactly. That's why you need to go through some more stuff. That's why you need to be pruned. That's why you need to toughen up buttercup. That's why you got to get some, get some strength on your insides and, and quit whining and understand that even though you're going through something, he's with you and you're going to come out better. This rain, this storm that you're in, it's just going to clean you up. It's just going to make you shine more. It's just going to cause you to bear more fruit. Are you with me today? That's what it's going to do. That's what the vine dresser does. Now, let me give you these things here. What are some works of the vine? What does Jesus do? That's what, the, that's what the vine dresser does. What does Jesus do? What does the vine do in your life now? Well, verse 3 already tells us. He cleans us up. He cleans us up. I love that. He cleans us up. This is why I can never leave Jesus. This is why if you're smart, you'll never leave Jesus. Because understand this, you and I both know we're imperfect. We're going to make mistakes for the rest of our lives. Amen. Am I the only one? Amen. I got a church full of perfect people. Let's ask your wife. No, 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 no. Listen, we're all, we all make mistakes. We're all imperfect. This is why it's so great to be connected to the vine, because when I make mistakes, he's there with me. The Bible says he cleanses me. He cleanses me in my sin. He cleanses me when I make a mistake. What does sin actually mean? It means to miss the mark. Listen, we all got a lifetime of missing the mark, but thank God when we're connected to the vine, Jesus cleanses us. Why would you backslide? Why would you leave that? Why have some of us done that? That's because we're blind to the ways, by the ways of the enemy. We're blinded by things. We got to understand that what, Jesus is life and his love is so great that he cleanses us whenever we need cleansing. That's the first thing connecting to the vine does. The second thing that, that connecting to the vine does, he tells us in verse four and seven, he said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. The, the second thing he does is he instructs you. He instructs you. When you connect to the vine, he cleanses you and then he instructs you. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, but without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done unto you. But see, his words got to abide in you. In you. Remember, Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, he says, if you love me, keep my commands. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? That's what, that's what he says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. He says, why do you call Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? Because in the, in the mind of Jesus, love is equated with obedience. And if you love him, when you read that word, and it comes across something that you ain't doing, there should be something in your heart 
that is grieved. There should be something that is confronted there. Are you tracking with me today? Are y'all tracking with me? Y'all see me? We got to understand this because we can't get away from this aspect because we live in a society right now where nobody's convicted about nothing. Nobody's convicted about anything. We live in a society where they want to shut the preachers up. Well, they don't want us to talk about stuff in church. And so, you know, they, they, they don't want us to preach the truth. Come on, DJ Collin. They don't want you to get the truth. They don't want you to know what God's word says. Because everybody in this society today, everybody's so offended so easy. Don't you dare talk about the homosexuals. Don't you dare talk about people's sin. Don't you dare talk about this, that, or the other because we're going to get upset and we're going to pick at your church and we're going to do all these things. But listen, here's what you've got to be feeling when you come into the house of God and you encounter his word. You're going to encounter instruction. Not from a preacher, but from the word of God. That's why I always put the scripture on the board. So you can throw your tomatoes all you want. It's, it's God. It's God speaking. And here's the thing you got to know about when God speaks and he confronts something in my life and he does it all the time, confronts something in your life. He's doing it from a position of love. He's doing it from a place of wanting his sons and daughters to do better and be better. He's never doing it from a place to rub your nose in your sin. He's never doing it from a place to make your life difficult and hard. And God, why are you going to tell me to do that? And, and he's doing it from a place of my son. I, I got you. You've got to trust me. This is the way you live life. And if we could understand that love is equated with our obedience to his word, you would see a whole lot more of God moving in your life. See, that's why when we encounter the word, it, it's, not a, it, it's, it's not a weak thing. It's a powerful thing. And I fear sometimes we make our devotional life just like a calisthenics. Spend time with God in the word, close the book, and go and do our thing. And like I said last week, some of you can't even remember what you read by 12 o'clock that day. I always say, I guess, if you can't remember what you read, then you didn't read. You didn't read. If, did, if nothing stuck, you might as well have not read anything. Listen, you got to get something from his word. And when you get something from his word, you got to allow his word to instruct you. Are you with me today? Some of y'all are looking real sour like this ain't, this ain't your favorite message, but you got to hear this today. Because God wants to come and he wants to instruct you. And when he instructs you, he's going to confront the way you live. He's going to confront the way you talk. We got to get rid of this thing of we where, you know, we're a certain way around church folk. And in another way, when we're at work, we're a certain way when, when pastors looking and we're another way when we're with our friends at school. Listen, that is whackness. Get that out of your life and start keying into the vine and wanting to please him and also wanting instruction from him. Were we able to cue that video? Is that video available? I got a quick video here that kind of demonstrates this, what I'm talking about. Because some people think that if you instruct that that's not love. You got to understand the, the height of love many times is correction and instruction. And because we live in a generation that's grown up without fathers, we don't have a healthy view of instruction and correction. 
When you take fathers, you've heard me talk about this a lot. When you take fathers out of an equation, kids grow up in a nurturing environment. And nurturing is awesome. It's great. How many love our moms? Amen. Praise God. Yes, nurturing's awesome. Here's the thing. Nurturing feels so good. How many remember the way your mom can make you feel after a tough day? Mom can come in there and nurture you, and all of a sudden, you see butterflies, you know? And you get the warm fuzzies over that cup of atole or something, whatever it is, you know? And, and, you, get, and you just feel so good in the nurturing environment. But then some of us that had dads that instructed and corrected, it didn't feel like that <laughs> at all. And it doesn't feel like that for those of you that are fathers now. It doesn't feel the same, but here's what the Bible says. It will produce, catch me now, it will produce more fruits in their life. And the, the Proverbs even says this, it will save your children's life, the instruction and the correction part. And we live in a society that don't know nothing about that. We just like the warm fuzzies. So we get a job, listen now, and if the boss don't make us feel nurtured, oh, I want a new job. I, want, I can't work for this guy. I can't work for this guy. He's too hard. No, you're just only addicted to one aspect of parenting. And we have a generation that doesn't understand this, but listen, the Bible makes no bones about calling God a father. And a father brings boundaries. A father prepares the kids to leave the house. So a father does a whole lot of instructing and correcting. He should anyways. If you're a father in here, take notes. He should. And there is a right, there is a right way to do that in a wrong way. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't always have to be hard. But even when it's done soft, it still doesn't feel good. But we got to understand this. We need that from God. If we, if we cut that out of our spiritual life, if we cut that out of our, our, our church life, if we make this a church where we just make everybody feel good, that's a problem. We, you should come in and feel good. Amen. You should come in and be encouraged and feel, you know, like the, the presence of God. But you know what you should also feel? You should come in and be instructed and learn that maybe the way you're living life is going to take you down a path of destruction. Now, let me tell you something. As the guy that has the mic, that's not always a fun job. I'd rather just come in here and make y'all happy and have y'all laughing and smiling and loving me. Oh, Pastor, you're so great. You're so awesome. I love you, Pastor. But when I got to bring a word like this, it gets all quiet up in here. Everybody's like analyzing it in their mind. Do I agree with what he's saying? Is there another way? Can I, can, I, can I hang on to this thing? Do I have to agree with that scripture there? You know, we're going through all these things and it gets real quiet in here. But listen, those are the times. If you can get it, it will bear the most fruit for you. We never want to be the type of Christians, here it is, that don't speak the truth in love. I beg to differ that some of you in here probably are the kind of friend that when your friend is doing something wrong, you don't tell them. Some of you are probably the type of friend that when your friend is dating the wrong person, you don't tell them. You don't bring it up. And let me tell you something, you are doing a disservice to the ones you love and also to the truth. 
Now, don't get me wrong. We got another side of people that just like to tell it like it is. I keep it 100, you know, but they might be telling the truth, but there's no love. There's no love. You keep that. It's the truth and love that go together. Goes together like peanut butter and jelly. Amen. Like milk and cereal. Come on, somebody. Right? Like menudo and lemon. There you go. That's for somebody in here. That's how the, the truth and love go together like those things. All right? And, and we need to have that. But the problem with in America right now, the problem we have is so many people, we just want to nurture folks. Come in. Anybody can come in. Yes, you can. But once you get in here, you are going to encounter the love of the Father. And a love, always, a love of a father always instructs and he always corrects. But if you can yield to that love and instruction and, and, and that absence of the fuzzies and the feel goods, if you can get through that, you will be awesome. Because here's the thing. We cannot give in to this society right now that's afraid to speak truth in love. So, guys, go ahead and play that video there. Look, check it out. Labradoodle. What? Yeah, right down there. Oh, <laughs> I love a good breed. It's so good. Yes, half lab, half moodle. Wait, what? Incredible. Moodle? Yeah. No, that's moodle. not a thing ever. No, no, it totally is. A moodle. Isn't that, isn't that Dave from Econ? Oh, yeah. What is he doing up here? He's probably just enjoying the view, man. Wait, isn't, isn't Dave blind? We gotta warn him. Hey, hey Dave. Whoa, 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 bro. What are you doing? You, you can't just tell Dave what to do. Wait, why? Are you blind? Uh, no. Okay, so then you don't know what Dave's gone through. You can't really relate to him, man. Just, just, just let him be, he's totally fine. Literally slipping right now. Yeah, okay, you're gonna you're gonna get all up on him for for slipping. Like everyone slips from here and there. I don't it's care no if he slips. I'm just trying to keep a guy from falling off a cliff. No, no. Okay, listen. What what I think you need to do right now is you just need to love him. You need to not point out. What does his that have to do with anything? It has everything to do with everything. Okay, like if you. If you point out his weaknesses, he won't feel loved, he won't feel accepted. I'm just, feel I'm just accepted. trying to keep a guy from going off the cliff. No, you're not even stopping. Hey, Dave! No, 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 stop it, stop it, stop it! If you speak out against blind people, so what many people will be upset with you? with you. No, so many people won't like you. But also, what if, what if he doesn't like us anymore? Have you ever thought about that? Dave will be dead. I need to say, hey! No, no, Dave! No, 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 Dave! No, no, no. Someone, is someone there? Uh, yeah! Hey Dave, how's it going? It's uh, it's Charlie from school. Oh hey man. Stop doing this for days. Uh, maybe you can help me out. I seem to have lost a trail somewhere. You you want to tell me if I'm going the right way? Maybe he is lost. You're right. We we should still just encourage him. Yeah yeah hey no Dave you know you're doing great man. Uh, uh, you know I love that you're out here man too. I, I'm proud of you being out on this trail. You, you're doing great man. You, you're doing great. Okay, thanks, man. I guess I am going the right way. Watch, I'll figure it out. You just gotta love him through his problems. Yeah, you got it, man. 
Praise God. You can put those lights on. That's a video by John Bevere. It's a, it's a book we're reading with a, the men's discipleship group. Um, but it's important that we understand this view here. How many, how many understand what the point is there? If no, there's, there's people that come into this church, and maybe even you, that there are things that are going to take you down a cliff. Somebody's got to tell you. And here, here's the amazing thing about God the Father. He's waiting to tell you. He's waiting to tell you. He's waiting to instruct you. See, that's one of the beauty of connecting to the vine. It, not only does it, do you get that cleansing, but you get that instruction. You get that word that'll come and tell you, hey, don't do this. But here's what we tend to do. We tend to not want to listen to that. We tend to not want to hear, you know, that. And, and when you do that, when you turn a blind eye or you turn your ear against the voice of the Lord, you disconnect yourself from the vine. Because remember what he said. Jesus said, if my word abides in you and you abide in it, which basically means this, when you hear my word and do it, then you're a part of the vine. But when you don't take in his word and you don't do his word, you're not connected to the vine. And this is why we have so many unfruitful Christians. And this is why as a church and as believers, we've got to learn to love the truth and love the truth in love. We've got to learn to love God the Father, relate to God the Father, and know this. He's going to instruct you. He's going to correct you. But I thought he loves me. See, that's the thing. we got to understand that love comes in that form as well. Every time my father corrected me and he made me feel, you know, it didn't feel good. But you know what he was doing? He was keeping me from jail. Come on, somebody, smile at me. He was keeping me from having to get picked up by the cops someday. You know, every time he was teaching me, you know, and got on my case for not cleaning my room or not doing my chores. You know what he was teaching me to be? A man. Oh, let me say that again. Every time my father was on my case to clean my room and to do my chores, do you know what he was doing for me? He was teaching me to be a man. If you're a father and you're not doing those things for your kids, how are they going to learn to be men? You know who's going to teach them? To be men, their definition of men, people on the streets, their co-workers, their buddies. Listen, we have to rise up. We have to understand this is going a whole other direction. But as men, we've got to understand what it is to be a father. And we also, as Christians, have to understand that the vine dresser is a father and he's going to instruct you and his word's going to instruct you. And you can't leave church all mad. You can't leave. I ain't never going back there again. See, then you're disconnecting from the vine. If you're connecting with God, he's going to correct you. He's going to instruct you. He's going to help you in those ways. And the beauty of it is it will cause you to be more fruitful. See, we have a generation that just has turned a deaf ear to that. And what has happened is we got Christians that are unfruitful. They don't bear fruit. They don't, they don't have any fruitfulness in their life. They only go to church between 10 and 12 on a Sunday, and they think that's it. Listen, God is looking for something much different. And I believe here at Elevate Life Church, we can be those kinds of disciples. Are you tracking with me today? Let me keep going here. What else does the vine do? It empowers you. 
It empowers you. It gives you the ability to bear fruit. He said here, apart from him, you can do nothing. Apart from him. So we've got to learn to connect. What else does he do? Verse 7 says this. He provides. He said, ask what you will when you're connected to him, and the Father will do what you ask. You see, that's what happens when you're connected to the vine. But when you're somebody that's just going to church, you got no power, you got no provision, you got none of those things. We've got to understand that we've got to connect to him. Jesse, if you come and help me. We've got to connect to him, and we've got to understand what that looks like. Connecting to him is when he empowers us. Connecting to him is when he provides for us. But listen, it's going to take some action on your part to really connect with him. Let the father be the wine dresser, the vine dresser in your life. Let him come when you're not fruitful and let him speak to you. Son, daughter, you got to quit doing this. You got to quit hanging with this person. Son, daughter, you need to start serving in the house of God. You need to be a part of something. See, he'll reposition you, and that repositioning will cause you to bear fruit again. But you got to let him come in. You got to understand what a father is. You got to understand that when that vine dresser comes, he comes in the love of the father. But the love of the father is going to tell you, it's going to tell you, you got to change that. And we, I think sometimes we're still looking for the nurturing aspects. And we just say, oh, God, he loves me like I am. He does. He does. He loves you no matter what. But remember, the fathers are, fathers are always preparing their sons and daughters for the future. Fathers are preparing you to rule. And God the Father is preparing you to rule. And when we live sloppy, like we do what we want, we're Christians, but we still have sex with people that aren't our husband or our wife. We're Christians, but we're living with folks that aren't our husband and our wife. And, you know, we're Christians, but we still go out and get drunk on Friday night every now and again because, you know, you know, you know how it is. You know, we, we're still smoking up, you know. See, like, like God will still love you through that. And we will still love you through that. But what kind of pastor would I be if I never just come and say, you know what? That road that you're on is going to take you down a cliff like the dude in the video. What kind of church would we be if we simply love you through your struggles? And we will. But at some point, when you get in a discipleship group, at some point when you're hearing the word, at some point when you go to propel, you're going to hear something that is going to challenge you. And you could either get mad and go forget this, or you could see that the Father is coming to be your vine dresser. And he's got to cut sometimes. He's got to, he's got to reposition you and it don't feel good. He's got to come and instruct you in some things that don't make you feel the warm and fuzzies. But when he does that, Jesus said in there, it's so that you could bear more fruit. It's, it's, it's kind of like when I get up here and I, and here we go again, I'm gonna get on my rant. I'm gonna get on my Kanye West, come to worship on time rant right here. You know, it's kind of like when I get up here and I say, y'all, let's get to church on time. Not 1010, not 1015, not 1030, but let's get here at 10 together so that we can worship the Lord selflessly as a sacrifice. See, what I'm doing right there, it doesn't feel good to, it feels good to y'all that was here early. 
Yo, like, amen, pastor. Yeah, get him. He was here early. You, like, oh, you loving this sermon? Oh, you're the, you're gonna be the ones that come and go. Good word, pastor. That's good, cause you was here early. But them ones that came in at ten fifteen, your heads all like this. Oh. You acting like you taking notes right now. I wish you'd stop talking about this. I already heard it. I got it already. I got it. But listen, that's one aspect of when instruction has to come. And you, and I, I'll say this. You watch what would happen to our services. If I could get you to get here at 10 o'clock and we get a whole church starting in worship and praise together with a whole heart instead of the excuse me, oh, excuse me, you came in your row and you interrupted somebody else's praise and now their praise is thrown off because they're like, man, that fool, wait, wait. Not, hopefully they're not, but you never know. You never know. And then the whole atmosphere is just different. See, that, that is something that if I wanted to, I could have not made mention of it and just been like, you know what? Oh, they'll get it. They mean right. You know, their heart's in the right place. At least they came, you know. But a father says, no, 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 we got, we got to do this right. No, 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 no. If, if, if you miss worship, first of all, the word, your heart, the Bible says, isn't plowed up. The word can't go in. No, 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 no. I can't, I can't let this go. Because if I let this go, that person in the last row that came in, he ain't going to hear the word like they're supposed to hear. And then their life can't change. And then they're going to get a divorce. And then this could happen. And that could happen. So I'm over here watching the cliff. And I'm going, no, 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 church. We, well, we got to create an atmosphere. Because you may not depend on it, but somebody that comes in may need this atmosphere. And if all that means is you got to get your butt up a half hour earlier, you got to put the alarm clock across the room. Hello, snooze button lovers. Amen. I love the snooze button too, but I, you know what I do? I put the snooze way earlier, you know? If I got to get up at 7, the snooze thing goes off at 6.30. I got, two, I got two snoozes in me there. Okay. But listen, you got to get here so we can build an atmosphere. And now I'm done with my Kanye rant. Give, that, give God a good praise clap for that. Amen. Stand on your feet right now. Because the goal is being fruitful. The goal is connecting to the vine. The goal is that your life will be enhanced by what God does, what the Father does when you connect to the vine. <clears throat> because remember, the Bible says this. He's the vine dresser. It doesn't say he's the branch dresser. He's the vine dresser. You want to encounter the love of the Father? You got to be grafted to Jesus. We want, we want the Father to come and, and, and dress our branch. No, no, no. He's not the branch dresser. He's the vine dresser. You get the benefits of the Father when you're grafted into Jesus. And when you're connected with Jesus, then you get to feel that love of the Father. And the love of the Father comes with acceptance. It comes with, it, it comes with that love, but it also comes with instruction. It also comes with, son, you got to go higher. You got to do better. Daughter, you got you to step up. That's what a father's love does. Now, Lord, I just pray over every person that is here today. And, Lord, I pray that they've heard this word by the spirit of the father, Lord, I don't want anybody leaving here feeling like they got jumped on because they came to church late. I don't want anybody hearing the word like that. Father, I want them to hear that, Lord, you're trying to bring our church to another spiritual dimension. And 
we can't get there, Father, if we don't learn how to worship you and praise you. If we don't, if we don't build an atmosphere for miracles in here. Father, I just pray that every person hears these things in the right way from the spirit of a father. Not somebody coming down on them, but somebody encouraging them and preparing them for their future. Come on, just lift your hands and just worship him. His presence is here right now. Father, we were just lift your hands. That's all. Just lift your hands. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We magnify you. You're worthy. Graph us to your vine today, Lord. Connect us to your vine. Without you, we can do nothing. Without you, Lord, we can't accomplish the things you're calling us to accomplish. But connecting to you, Father, we can do all things. There are people in this place that will start businesses, that will make lots and lots of money, that will hold positions, that will, that will be ministers of the gospel, that will, put, that will fulfill their destinies. But Father, we need you. Connect us to the vine, Lord. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Did y'all get something out of that today? Amen. Give God a good praise.